HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Brooklyn Botanic Garden, a stunning 52-acre garden in the heart of Brooklyn, open year-round. Learn more at bbg.org. This week, Meat and Three is taking you to market and all over the world, from Newfoundland to Tunisia. Well, a lot of us think of, you know, the British Empire trading things like spices and sugar and silk. But you write that it actually began with salt cod from Newfoundland. <laughs> there was a port closure in Tunisia, which was horrible. I mean, it was months, boats just setting on the water waiting to go and they couldn't go anywhere. And we'll learn about how markets have changed, whether because of their customers or the climate. A few years ago, something around 10 years, it was totally different. It almost manifests itself to almost smelling like an old fire pit. When you mm-hmm. put it out, it has that sort of charcoal-y smell to it. It's not good for wine. Join us this week on Meet and 3 for our global market tour. And don't forget to subscribe to Meet and 3 wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, 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 welcome to Bear Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. This is a special recording. It's August 6th, 2019. I'm Jimmy Carboni. I'm the host at Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We've got some really cool things going on, mostly in the indie beer bar community in New York City. Good Beer Seal Awards just happened, and a number of those bars are here. They've been participating. Uh, this is the second summer they've made a Dominican-inspired lager uh, with Interbar, and the, all the guests are here. It's a pretty interesting show. Uh, we're going to take it with Joel Suarez. He's going to introduce uh, what the project is. Tell us more about the collaboration. First and foremost, the opinions expressed do not reflect the opinions of any person, brand, or establishment I've been affiliated with in any way. I insist that no one attempt to recreate or reenact anything I'm dead ass about. My name is Joel Suarez. <laughs> um, so basically, one year ago, we brewed El Prez. With Beer Wax, Bar 180, The Sampler, Uptown Beer Society, and Bronx Beer Hall with Interboro. Um, the mission statement was to really make just a dope beer for the Dominican community around August, which is the big parade, um, and involve everyone that's represented um, specialty craft beer and been advocacy for the community and Dominican represented. So those bars were like the most specialty craft beer Dominican bars that I could think of um, that were super influential to our community. So we got together and made a dry hot Pilsner, which was super successful, best-selling lager, as Interboro noted, um, that they've made. And then we did a second one, Dead Prez. So the first one got a cease and desist from Presidente, as everybody knows, so we couldn't use that name again. So we made a dead Perez as a like, a, you know, it's, it means a lot of things. One being like deaf to corporate beer and like, you know, deaf to having that kind of uh, standard for Hispanics. Like we don't only drink that. And then not my Perez, which and is... And the dead Perez was a Vienna lager. Vienna lager. First was a dry hop pilsner for with Therian Dragon. Second was Vienna lager. It had a little Munich. Um, Vienna malt. Really good. Light amber hue. And then... The third with everybody, we brought in three more brands. The second one, we brought in two more brands on the label, which was Bar 177, which was congratulations that opened up. Uh, Juan Congrats, doing Juan. the buying Thank you. for both. 
And then we put Uptown Beer Society on the label. We completely forgot the first one. <laughs> and then for the third one, we wanted to make Not My Prez as like not, not the beer that you're kind of used to. Like not the Pilsner that we drink. Like not my president. Not my presidente. Not my lager. Whatever. Yeah. You know what and it's a play on the name because yeah, you can't yeah, yeah, use yeah. that trademark. Right? So yeah. we added three more brands. Locksmith being in 190th Street and Broadway, which have always been advocates for the Dominican community as well. And they expanded to do specialty craft beer. So it's not only about being Dominican. It's about hiring Dominicans and also having specialty craft beer in your establishments. We hired, I mean hired, we added Harlem Hops, which hired Alex Munoz right here. What up, y'all? Hey, Alex. She's also the auntie of my daughter. She also, her and I both got into craft beer because of Mino Munoz. Mina Munoz, shout out to Mina. She's at Bronx Ale House. She's been there for over half a decade. And uh, we also added to the collaboration, who was the third? Taproom 307, mm -hmm. which hired me. Mm. And many Dominicans throughout this year. So shout out to uh, Mikey this year. Mickey. Yes, Mickey. Yeah. Hey, Mickey, Mickey, not Mikey. Mickey, who's representing Taproom 307 and Roberta, which was my first her and Haley mentors, which were females, her being Brazilian. Um, she was the first uh, woman of color that I ever met. So she inspired me a lot. She taught me about business. She started off as a, as a hostess with the same uh, partners that she has today and became a server, bartender, manager. So me hearing that story and also me hearing like how James started at Bronx Ale House, he was a bar back at George Keeley and became a manager, a bartender, whatever, and then became an owner of Bronx Ale House. Like their two stories that like inspired me to like do the same one day. No, so. and it's, it's a great story. And you know, we did a show in January about the Dead Prez release. Let's go around the room. Uh, each, each person here is from a different beer bar. Just give us your quick story, introduce yourselves, and say what this collaboration means to you. Juan. My name is Juan, I represent Washington Heights, uh, two bar of the height, about 180, about 177. Thank Jimmy for the award. Uh, shout out to all the people uptown that always support the project. Uh, my Mikey, you know I love you. Um, so, like a USA, um, you know, one day he called me, and put me on the on the map on these collaborations. I was really happy to do it. Uh, back in the day, uh, we only had one bar, so now we had two bar in the same neighborhood. Um, and we're making the movie. I don't know if you guys see the social media, but people talking about it, which is is, is positive. Always, always positive. It doesn't matter how they they you know spread themselves. This is a. a this is uh, a free country, so anybody have an opinion? No, that's, it's getting a lot of attention. And Chris? Hello, everyone. Chris Maestro, the uh, founder and owner of Beer Wax in Brooklyn. Uh, I've been drinking lots of terrible beer for a long time in my life. Um, Presidente, as someone who's half Dominican, uh, is like a, a cornerstone of, of our culture. Um, you know, you got young kids that are taking little sips of it. So it's really something that you're, it's like in your blood. So to, you know, to make something that is, is cra a craft beer equivalent um, that people can be proud of. And I really give props to Joel and Inneborough for really pushing this through and in being inclusive of other bars. Um, it's really been amazing that this is the third iteration of this and something that we're very proud of. Um, I'm going to DR for the second time in two consecutive years. Um, with a four-pack of this to to share with some primos of mine and take some good shots over there um, yeah. and just to feel like, wow, this is something that we did together um, and just to really uh, be in DR with a can in my hand and to like really like, holy shit, we made this happen. Great. Hi, my name is Mickey. I'm representing Taproom 307. Um, as Joel said, Roberto, our Brazilian owner, it's a great story. Uh, she come from New York and came basically from nothing, and now owns a you know bar. Uh, when he reached out about the collab, I knew it was something she'd be definitely into. So I immediately you know signed us up for it and got it started. Um, I really tried to get some of the Dominican ladies that work with us, some the strong ladies like Lucy, Leticia, Amy. But unfortunately, they were all busy because they're hustling. So yeah, they used to, they used to run circles around me. I used to get roasted. <laughs> but we get a tap from three or seven. And congrats to everyone in this room. All the bars are, the, are part of the Good Beer Seal. Congratulations, you guys. That was a big yeah. part of the summer. Thank you. Yeah. And then Alex, yeah. introduce yourself because you're a big story too. Hi, I'm Alex Munoz, and I'm representing Harlem Hops. Um, 
really the the way that I got introduced to craft beer was through my sister, uh, Mina Munoz, who works at the Bronx Ale House, as Joel mentioned earlier. And we used to have tastings of just different beers. And I was just a youngin. Like, I didn't really, you know, know that craft beer would take off in such a way when I was tasting it as a teenager. Um, but currently... <laughs> Not at any of our places. <laughs> currently, uh, I work at Harlem Hops as a bartender, and I'm also the social media manager for our Instagram page. And I think that this beer, it means a lot in, in several ways in terms of how it's pushing the culture in the United States, uh, craft beer culture in the United States in general, but also how it's translated uh, back on you know, that island back in DR and Haiti and the Caribbean and what it means to all of us as people from the African diaspora to be successful on the mainland, as people would call it, and to be able to collaborate with uh, different bars that have people of color working there and their establishments, but also are owned by people of color. Uh, and I think that it's a super exciting time for, you know, just beer in general. And I'm just I feel very grateful to be a part of it and to see that there's people that look like me and that know the same culture that I grew up with uh, making beer. Great. Well, I'm so I got everybody and I'll Kate from Innerborough just give us a brief intro about this collaboration and what it, what role you play in, in making collaborations like this. And this is a pretty unique project, isn't it? Yeah. It's most most breweries don't do this. Most bars don't come together and, and do a project like this successfully. Yeah, it's definitely unique. Um, when Joel came to us about a year ago, it was sort of 100% we were in. Um, it's awesome to be able to not only be part of this and what you guys are doing, but to be able to give you a platform to do it. And what about the beer? Oh. I mean, I like the beer. Tell me about the beer is. And I want everyone to say their honest opinion of the beer. Uh, this beer is brewed with Pilsner malt and flaked corn. And then it's... a. Uh, Traditional noble hops in the kettle, Tet and Hallertau, and then dry hopped with Barber Rouge. Uh, Barber Rouge gives it like a nice berry aroma. I don't know if you guys get that, but yeah. It's, yeah, and this year it. it's crystal clear because we want our mission statement to be transparent. Transparent. Hey. <laughs> so it's not a color pill. So when you guys plan this beer, so I know Jesse Ferguson is a brewer at Interborough and he makes, I love his beers. What's the process? How do you guys, you know, decide what beer to make, the style. Joel, tell us how you worked on this project well, in terms of the beer. The first was a no-brainer. It was like, what can we make this for everybody to enjoy? And a big, I remember my first beer is being Weinstefan or Hefeweizen and Gaffel Kolsch and Radeberger and then Left Hand Milk Style, Sam Smith Oatmeal, stuff like that. So we definitely wanted a lager to not only represent and be like an introduction for people, but it is what people drink in the Caribbean. It's always a light lager a pilsner and like some type of amber lager so the first one was you know influenced by what people know which is presidente the second one was influenced by people know like dos equis sam whatever else and then this is just the first one again but we just switched up the hops a little bit this one has more of a limey reminds me of like a better like lime lager um it's clear this time it's not a keller pills it's not unfiltered so it's like even more chuggable um and it's just great all yeah. day, every day, barbecues, wherever. The second one, Jesse and I went up to the Bronx with Joel, and we drank a bunch of beers and sort of picked what flavor profiles we wanted. Yeah. Was that the second one? Yeah, Dead Prez. Um, before we made Dead Prez, we, I took Caitlin and Jesse up to the Bronx. I, I made them walk from the train <laughs> down 188th Street through the hood all the way up to Arthur Ave. Ooh, New York and, City. Um, <laughs> I popped into Ann and Tony's, which is 100% craft beer. Now, because of me, when I was working for SKI, I was tackling every beer down until the last one, which was Peroni. And they were like, yeah, Forced, which is like a northern uh, craft lager from uh, but the top of Italy, almost Germany, which uses all fresh alpine water. They're like, They're surpa this is surpassing the sales of Peroni. We don't need that anymore. He's like, it's the same thing. You know, the, guy, the same people that were telling me, who's going to drink that? Uh, you got to have Peroni. We're saying it. It's it's better, like you know. what I'm saying I changed Arthur Ave in that way because it was only Bronx beer. You're more home. Italian than the Italians. Yeah, <laughs> I love them. Shout out to Little Italy. Um, so we went there, and my boy Danny, which works there, Mexican, he gave me a few like double box, 
and amber lagers and then we went to a uh, bronx beer hall and just kind of tasted it and we were like we don't want it to be too caramelized we don't want it to be too light we want something that's crisp but also has that like caramel malt that little munich vibe but easy to drink and throw back because it was going to be winter it was released in like late january early february so when, when did you realize that this should be a collaboration with other beer bars tell me the the, the mission behind that maybe chris wants to say how he got involved um I mean, I've known Joel for a long time, so when I got the call, I said, yes, we are in, um, and it just made sense, but um, yeah, we, this third iteration in terms of, because I know Jimmy asked us to talk a little bit about the, uh, the actual beer itself, but the one thing that I want to talk about and ask Caitlin about is, is the corn and the presence of corn, and was corn around with the other two versions of this beer? Was it used at all? I think, oh, I think so. Um, but it definitely lightens up the body, and that's why it's yeah, a this and there's one. like a slight sweetness that I feel like it's a corn sweetness that makes it very, uh, like Joel said, that you can definitely throw a bunch of these back. Um, but it's it's a great, great uh, lager. I think it's something that hopefully when we roll out this week in all the bars, most of yeah. us are going to actually start selling the cans. Uh, it's going to just fly off the shelves. Yeah, I just found an email, Chris, from like back in the day of us sending back each other business plans to start this Dominican brewery. <laughs> yes. So we wanted to start a brewery like six years ago. And I found, I was going through my emails because I was looking for beats that, uh, that, I sent that he him. sent me. <laughs> along, and I couldn't find the beats. And I found this email and I was like, yo, we literally had a plan. Like we were talking about this and like yeah. six years ago. We're talking like, about flavors and, yeah, and we you know, have incorporating... Uh, different like uh, fruits that are definitely much more you know Caribbean fruits, yeah, uh, and this was a, this was definitely a long time back. Yeah. Um, on the topic of just you know Caribbean fruits and those flavors, I think that it's super important to just like be able to give to the community something that they're familiar with, um, a flavor that they're familiar with that's crafted with love and crafted by people who care for the product that they're being you know um, that they're putting out. So. In terms of, you know, flavor, beers with flavors like guava, you have beers with chinola, which is passion fruit. You have beers with pineapple and mango. And all of these flavors are familiar within the Caribbean community particularly, but also in the African diaspora. And they kind of have been appropriated in a way that don't really fit in. And I want to see more of the representation from people who understand those flavors and can, can give it to the community. Absolutely, and that's why we're brewing the fruits of our labor with Highway Manor, which mm. is like all these fruits are coming from most likely 100% the Caribbean, people of color picking them, all the agriculture is coming from this, and then it's not being used by us. So we already have a sour conditioning in Pennsylvania. Mm. We're just looking to kind of source what is called uh, limoncillos or canepas, which are impossible to find. Luckily, thank God, because somebody would have did it before us. So we're trying to source these fruits and tamarinds and other fruits that we want to put into this uh, oaked aged sour. It's not kettled. It's actually conditioning right now. Chris, you're getting excited about that. I mean... Somebody find the connect. I don't... don't, Yeah, like, I don't know the fruits, so... Yeah, if you ever... If you're, you know, on, you know... But just because you like the fruits, do you want them in beer? That's another question. And that's, I mean, a lot of times you may find, let's say there's an, I'm not a big fan of IPAs that are heavily fruited with actual citrus and actual fruit. Um, but there are ways that you can really play with, uh, with these flavors that are, that are in a subtle way that really makes sense. Um, especially if we're talking about trying to really get other folks that are not just the craft beer consumer into these beers, into craft beer, what are ways that we can introduce folks? Um, and I think this is definitely uh, one way. Right, right. I Alex, think, I think that uh, it's important to, uh, I guess, introduce craft beer in that way, something that's familiar, something that you can say, yo, like you you had a Pilsner when you were, like you said, your, your mother gave you a little tapita of, uh-huh. of Presidente or Corona to taste it when you were small. Mm-hmm. And or, you know, the taste of guava and you're like, this is incorporated into this beer in a subtle way. Why don't you try it? And I've actually had that experience at Harlem Hops with the fruited IPAs that we do feature on our taps. Um, People would gravitate more more towards those flavors because they see it written on the board and they're like, hey, what's that coconut IPA that you have there that's infused with, you know, pineapple or what's that guava infused IPA? 
I want to try that. And then that's how you get the community to, 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 you know, be more open to this type of scene. Absolutely. There was one instance where a friend that hates sours was sitting at my bar and I had a pack of Sour Patch. And I told her, take a Sour Patch and then chug this. And I forget what sour was, right? And she, she started chewing the sour patch and she drank the beer and she was like, oh my God, I understand now. And she loved sours after that. And it was just like, fun. like when I first had sours, it reminded me of chewing on a canepa or opening up a passion fruit when I was on my grandfather's land, rest in peace, and just feeling that sourness on my palate. So it's about, yes, finding how to identify with beer through people and through flavors. Actually... Sorry, the, the way I met Joel originally was uh, you had sent an email to Leticia and we did the Fifth Hammer collaboration for the Biscocho. Mm. And uh, I remember I had to ask Lucy, because I'm originally from Louisiana, so I did not grow up with this culture. And I was like, yo, what's a Biscocho? <laughs> <laughs> and so when we had the brewery, I remember you brought the cakes and we were actually eating. I was taking pictures to the tour. She's like, oh my God, bring me one. You know? Yeah, I actually brought, like, instead of buying a cake from like whatever bakery, I went to my Nunez which is on the corner of Decal, Dominican spot. And I said, let me get all of that. And I took their dulce de leche, their tres leches, their guava, their pineapple, all the cakes to Fifth Hammer and shared with everyone. Really good time. That sounds good. I got to start coming to your, your meetings. <laughs> Culture. And I went here to Juan. So Juan, tell us. You got bar 177, 180. Tell us about your... your I love your story. You're one of my favorite guests. And your JFK bar, too. And congratulations us. on a uh, oh, good beer seal. <laughs> so tell, tell us what's going on. Come on. Well, um... I don't know what to say. I'm tired today. Um, well, like I said, uh, we're in Washington Heights. You know, we we run into bar. Uh, what we do with this beer is to get people together, people, the minority uh, together, and and see how we grew up. You know, because back in the day, uh, we we Hispanic and black people was not in this map in in this beer category. So like. We, we we started from the bottom, like Dre say. Like we started learning, and get better and better. And now you know we 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 have a little bit of knowledge of what is of this beer industry, uh, how they work, how they operate, it, and who they own by. And the important thing is that we work not only with brewer, but like we family owned brewer, like a small brewer, like uh, Interboro. Which is they they do an amazing job on those those years that they're being open, do a lot of collaboration not only with, with bars, which is they is the leader the leader on that you know in the market. They also uh, brew beer with a lot of different brewer and and supermarket and then you know I see last uh, last uh, yesterday last night they do a beer collaboration with the Chico. You, you know this is it's amazing. They they not only pick people. Um, that is up there in the market. They all, they also do collaboration with a lot of uh, not color people and, and minorities. So, which is I give it a applause for that. Yeah. Joel, when, when you when you wanted to do this, here's Matt also uh, Matt from Uptown Beer Society. Joel, when you wanted to do this project, was Interbro the the first brewery you talked to, or were there other breweries? You don't have to name them, but were other breweries not receptive to this? I mean, I, I can't see why a, a brewery would not definitely. Do this. I had several conversations. I won't mention any names because I'm always yelled at for targeting people. Blah blah blah. Um, I did reach out to a few breweries, and their whole thing was, what other bar or restaurant would buy a beer that had another bar or restaurant's name on it, and I was like, I, I, I got a lot. I got a lot of friends in the industry that would support. And then I was like, wait, I was just thinking about my 18 uncles and aunts, Dominican. I was like, let's get to get like strength in numbers. I'm going to prove to them that if I ever get a collaboration, I'm going to prove that we can sell a pallet or we could get rid of beer together collectively around our neighborhoods, around bars that are literally underrated and do so, are so busy, instead of getting these little write-ups or whatever, are so busy in the community, um, hands-on, doing stuff for people, hiring people of color. I wanted these bars to be highlighted. That's why I was very adamant when I gave you that list for the good beer seal, that good beer doesn't only have to be the liquid. It has to be the spirit. When they see that seal, they know 
This bar is official. They hire women. They respect women. They hire people of color. They're inclusive. They carry uh, specialty craft beer, like we said, 80%, 20% import. And they do community funding, all types of stuff like that. So we're looking close to add more. But these attributes have to be, you know, listed in each bar so we know when we see that seal. Great. Caitlin, just tell us a, a little bit about Interboro's values and why you guys were part of this, this project. And just a little bit. Just to throw yourselves in there. Yeah, I mean, when Joel first came to Jesse, and I don't even know if I was working there yet, but I came on probably in like the next week or two because I was part of the whole beer rolling out. But this is what Interboro is all about. Of course, we're about making good beer and making the best beer possible, but also being inclusive and promoting diversity. And there's no reason not to be part of this. Great. And, and Alex, to, to me, you're, you're a new face on the scene, new voice. But um, Harlem Hops, again, congratulations. Yes, for shout a good out Harlem sale. Hops. But, um, 2268 Adam Clayton Powell and yeah. 7th Ave. Before, uh, before the show, you, you were talking a little bit about you know, diversity, community, and the controversy about this beer. So let's go. Yes. So <laughs> She's um, ready. She's before, ready. <laughs> yeah, before I get into that, I just want to uh, kind of skate on what Joel was saying. Uh, I think it's important to take the the snobbery out of craft beer. I think it's important to know that, like Joelle said, beer is about spirit. It's about sharing your experiences with other people and having flavors go and, and fuel that. And for you to be able to share a beer with somebody and say, yo, like, what do you think these tasting notes are to you, to your palate? Like, how do you feel about this beer? Great. And then Matt, introduce yourself. I agree. How's it going, guys? This is Matt from Uptown Beer Society and the Sampler. Yeah, beer is a very humble, a humble drink. It's, uh, you know, it's for the high class, it's for the poor, it's for the middle class, it's for everyone. So it's a really good common ground, a good, uh, good way for people to connect, regardless of who you are, where you come from, and what your background is. So. Okay. I just wanted to interject real quick one thing about uh, when I first got Joel's email, and the reason I knew Roberto would be so into it is that you're bringing that sense of community, which is so important in the craft industry. You know, celebrating women of color, women in the industry. As soon as I read that, I was like, no brainer, Roberto's going to be all over this, you know. And I just think it's great that, like, you're getting that community all around in the brewing industry. I mean, was so there was there any controversy about this? I mean, I think the, the controversy, this is Chris, the... The controversy I mean, it's not I think my press, but it, I get it. To me, this is. <laughs> what, I think people were levels. were reading into the the name "Not My Prez" because that's typically a slogan that folks that um, who don't like Agent Orange uh, <laughs> put out there who don't really recognize someone of of uh, his very low stature to have the highest office in the land. But um, it it really, as Joel mentioned, it's again the third iteration of a series of beers. Um, about Presidente, so it's not my Prez, but a lot of people took that and twisted it in different ways and uh, were saying, oh, this is too edgy, I'm not going to buy any more Inneboro beer and all this other random crazy stuff. Um, you know, so it's just very interesting because we're in a very particular climate right now in this juncture of our history in this so country. So this is Brandon. You had to come up with a catchy name the, because you couldn't call it El Prez anymore because yeah, exactly. it's not yeah. El Presidente. The ideas and most of like the piggybacking ideas come from Matt too. He's creative as hell when it comes to like the creative drive of all these collaborations. And that was one of the ideas. We were in between Por Mi Gente and this. So mm. on the back of the can, you'll see Pa Mi Gente, For My People. For My People, which sounds like, you know, another Caribbean uh, brand of beer that we all know. And Wait, which we, one's that? For Mi Gente. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so okay. Uh, when Interboro posted the photo on their page, no disrespect to anybody, of course, three white males had with like, 86 followers <laughs> and private profiles had to comment. And now less than 86. Like had to, yeah, had to comment. There was one guy that said, spend a thousand in a day, not yeah. going back. And somebody yeah. replied, that was a weird flex, but okay. <laughs> like people like were writing like, oh, too edgy won't buy, like Chris said, or an, a, a political beer from a dying brewery. Like, mm. what are you talking about? We, this is uh, the third... When we pitched the beer, we, we did, I mean, like, we did have some idea that it was going to cause a little controversy. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with people showing their true colors and feeling, you know, bothered by the name because I think that reflects more on the person than it does the actual, like, mission statement behind the name My Prez, not My Prez. Let's talk about the label. I think the label's brilliant. To me, it's like, it's got the colors of Dominican Republic, 
which are also the colors of the United States. Yeah. And I, tell me about it's, it, Matt. It's, def- it's, your it's definitely a wink to the current climate of what's climate of what's going on right now. But it is, you know, absolutely a spinoff of the the Presidente, you know, Dominican lager that we all know. But and that mission statement isn't coming from Interborough. It's coming from the bars, a part of the, you know, we grew up on Presidente and we wanted to do that, you know, so we don't want anything to fall on the brewery that helped us collaborate. But we definitely stand behind it. Hey. However you want to interpret it. Word up. Shout Good out one, to Interborough, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Risking it all. Chris, come on, he's he's bouncing over there. No, 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 just you know. You've been I'm on the a, show like three times in the last know, couple months. Well, I'm a former history teacher, and <laughs> so this kind of stuff really excites me. Uh, but no, it's it's just it's very similar in terms of the fact that potentially people are throwing stones at a collaboration between bars that are owned by people of color and the same people that are also upset that it's called not my prez. So it's just interesting that. You know, that this, out of all three iterations of the beer, was the one that really caused a lot of people to to be upset or to troll online. Well, I think that it has a lot to do with um, people inserting their own prejudices and biases onto something that, yes, uh, can merit, like, should merit your bias, but also you are showing that you're bothered, clearly bothered, by something because it has red, white, and blue on it, because it says not my prez, because the president is a bigot, because he spews racist and ha- racism and hate across nations, mm-hmm. plural. And I think that people are fueled by just seeing this color, these colors on a can of beer that they think that this brewery is going to support them. And it's just, that's not the fact. The fact of it is that it's a, a collective of people of color who are brewing a beer that is representative of the culture that we grew up with. I, I read the, the comment, the guy say like, uh, that's why they made they married uh, cheetah beer, but it's nothing to do with the beer that we all collab, like they do great beer. So if you used to spend 1K in that brewery, so you give it some recognition there. So they do their the job on the other side. Exactly. It's Who? just because you it's bothering you because you see the, the beer or the color. like, And then you wanted to throw all that on the table. And then you know, like this beer, well, you never tried it before, but they do this, you know, their job. You know, I mean, for, for me personally, I would be talking more about the beer style. That's all. <laughs> do you like a corn lager? I'd be like, well, why don't you guys do a rice lager? I don't know. It's because well, people want to extract the negativity out of a project always instead of seeing what the actual mission statement is. We are people of color. We are Dominicans, Caribbeans, Puerto Ricans, minorities. But this beer is as American as it gets. You know, regardless of well, what you guys like, I mean, you you guys are all Americans, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm born and raised here in the Bronx. You're citizens. City. Are you voting? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely, we're yeah. voting, and this is as American as it gets. You know, like a we group a of you know young minorities in New York City. We have together. a voice, exactly. So, so good, and yeah. you know, 2020 is the census, kids. Yeah. Just yeah. so That's you know, so. That's another show. Yeah, so we might not be saying minority anymore. So just <laughs> well, <enjoy. laughs> Yeah. Also, I mean, and also, check off black when you uh, do your census because if you're Caribbean, you're black. Also, big round of applause for Interboro because a lot of breweries wouldn't take a risk like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, and you know what's funny to me? Being in New York City, I don't even think that was a risk. Team. To me, this is like a great beer with great branding and a, a, a play on a brand that you guys know. So um, I find it interesting that actually it did cause – I never thought it was going to be a controversy. I thought it was a fun, fun name. I think we sort of knew this was going to be the name is not my prez and people are going to interpret things how they are and also I think for us it's about the bigger picture like yes we're doing this we're making this beer we've made it three times now but it's it's looking at everything as a whole and why people would make that correlation to thinking what the people who said they're no longer going to support Interborough were thinking that that name meant um, and it's all sort of kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that like the people who are obviously getting upset about this just must be in a little bubble. Because if you're in New York and if you're traveling <laughs> anywhere in New York, like it's as diverse as it gets, you know. So it's like I don't know. I find it kind of odd when I hear people getting upset about this kind of thing. Because I'm like, do you not go around the different boroughs? <laughs> you know, like. Also, shout outs to Worst Beer Blog. Follow them because they're the ones with the 15.5K following that reposted 
the photo of the beer and our conversation, which led to more conversation, more trolling, and more roasts. So shout out to them. I will say though, as as much uh, controversy as this beer may has may have stirred up, most of the people got it. I will say about like eighty five percent of the comments were like on the right side of things, and they got you know where we were coming from and what what the beer was about. Great. Hold on one second. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be back in a minute on Beer Sessions Radio. This episode is brought to you by Brooklyn Botanic Garden, a stunning 52-acre garden in the heart of Brooklyn featuring spectacular plant displays year-round. Make the most of the last days of summer on Thursday, August 22nd at Brooklyn Botanic Garden's Beer and Bocce Benefit, a -a one-of-a-kind garden party featuring lawn games, live music, and unlimited beer tastings by some of Brooklyn's top beer makers. Proceeds from the Beer and Bocce Benefit provide essential support for the garden's educational and community programs. Learn more about Brooklyn Botanic Garden at bbg.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, guys, it's August 2019. It's the 10th anniversary of Heritage Radio Network. Check us out and look at the Heritage Radio Network Hall of Fame. So much is going on. You can become a member now, heritageradionetwork.org. Okay, back to the Not My Prez collaboration, Interboro and all these great beer bars. Caitlin from Interboro, you're just about to say something. She doesn't remember, but we're uh, keep going, Joel. Come on, <laughs> give us that little intro again. Uh, we're back. Not my press. Ten brands that uh, all have representation for Dominican people, even Interboro, which drivers and people in the tap room are people of color and females. All came together to make this delicious dry hop uh, Pilsner, which is this year clear and will be released this week. In New York City, in the five boroughs. Yes. So let's talk. So other like so you're talking about cultural influences on beer. Um, I like that you guys did the Vienna Lager for the winter. Are there any other beer styles that, that you might want to come up with besides fruited beers? So any any other? Yeah, we have. In the future? Se- we're having several conversations. Like I said, we went easy with Interboro. We did lagers because we were really catering to you know bringing in the Dominican community, which all doesn't just drink lagers. But we made fruited IPAs with KCBC and Fifth Hammer. We made a Kolsch with Barrier. We're working on a sour with um, Highway Manor. Manor. And we're also talking to Gunhill uh, about a collaboration. I was talking to Dave because he was like, why haven't we done anything? Like, Mm. we're all advocates of the Bronx. So that might be a sour or Berliner. I mean, a stout or a Berliner Vice. We don't want to give too much details because you know how it is in New York City. I'll say something and I'll make it tomorrow. <laughs> so um, keep your eyes peeled for those two, and those will be nine by the end of 2019. Great. So, Matt, you know, um, you're the Uptown Beer Society. I respect what you, you guys do. Thanks. Um, tell us more about the vision for this community you're building, and is there any connection to London? Yeah, absolutely. Right now we're, uh, we're still pretty much grassroots in New York City. We have uh, a nice, decent like, fan base, loyal, loyal followers here in New York. Um, I actually moved to London, and I'm looking to kind of bring the, the mission along with me over there because uh, as fantastic as their beer culture is and beer scene is, uh, there there does lack a lot of diversity, and it, and it looks like uh, New York Craft Beer did maybe about 10 years ago. Um, so I'm hoping to be maybe the uh, the stimulus for change over there. Are you working in a, a bar or a brewery over there? What are yeah, you doing? Yeah, at the moment I was working at Kill the Cat Beer, uh, helping those guys out. They're really awesome. They do some of the best craft beer, one of the best craft beer stores and bars in London. Uh, definitely check them out. They're awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, at the moment I'm back here in New York working on getting a visa to stay over there permanently. Great. And, Kate, I want to ask, like, for Edinburgh, I mean, I, I still feel that I'm surprised that more... I'm, I love Gun Hill and Barrier, those guys, and KCBC. It's funny, you keep hearing the same names of breweries that, that are working on these types of collaborations. And to me, they get it. Like, like they get it. Um, who wants to talk more about the, the breweries that get it? It's, it's interesting. A lot of us come from the same places, especially uh, like Joel comes from uh, SKI. And a lot of uh, alumni in the beer industry right now come from SKI. Yeah, we do an event every year called uh, The Grass is Greener. It was at Top Hops because Kevin was the specialty brand rep from SKI. And it's incredible to see how many like 
reps from us because they hire everybody. They hire women. They hire people of color, all type of people of color, black, Hispanic, Indian, Asian. SKI stands for Spanish, Korean, Italian. So they hired all type of people which have then just moved around in the industry. So like we're talking about literally almost even Interboro, Matt Bowie, SKI, Darnell, SKI. Like so many people are just in the industry. So we do this dope event every year where we all come together and tap all our brands and have a good time. Well, cheers, guys. What's, what's the next beer you just poured, Mickey? Uh, it's still not my prez. Uh, we're <laughs> working our way through it. There's a lot of that, Caitlin. Thank you for bringing a whole case. Okay, let's say, where can we get the Not My Prez? So it's, it's August. You're going to be able to get Not My Prez in cans and kegs? Yes, kegs. We also, we also um, the, um, uh, Interboro also uh, do some candy, too, with the same liquid. So yeah, we did a limited batch of shandy. a shandy, yeah. so a Caribbean shandy with guava, passion, and tamarinds. Yeah. It's a mix of the juices and uh, the pills that we made, and a few bars will get it, uh, mostly us. Harlem like Hops is going to be hosting yeah. Yeah. a... <laughs> Harlem Hops will be hosting a uh, beer can slash keg t- on tap uh, event on Thursday. Um, there's going to be live live sounds by some total and rose arrow there's uh you know stuff on tap the not my prez is going to be available in cans there and that's this coming thursday uh so people can come out and enjoy you know this amazing beer uptown and then, yeah, give uh, me the lineup yeah i want to hear all the friday have friday will be the release at the sampler uh, Wahibarito Shack, which is Puerto Rican Dominican, but he makes plantain sandwiches, so he's gonna do a nice Dominican menu. Uh, Matt will be bartending alongside Brittany. I'll be at Fresh Fest, the second annual all black brewery festival in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, put together by Black Brew Culture. Garrett Oliver will be there. It'll be a three day festivity with the black representation in beer. And me and Robin from Kicks and Kegs and her girlfriend will be driving up for the fest. All right, and what about this beer? Not yep. my press. What, where is it? Where else can we get? Well, Taproom Three Hundred Seven. We're obviously going to have it as well. Um, we're on Twenty Third and Third in Kipps Bay. Three Hundred Seven is the address. Three Hundred Seven Third Avenue. Um, yeah, so come by and get some. We got cans and kegs. Chris, you got it at Beer Wax, right? We'll definitely have it at Beer Wax. We'll have plenty of uh, cans, and we'll have it probably on tap for uh, the next week or so. And what? We're gonna have it on One Seventy Seven and between Broadway and Fort Washington, and also. 180 and Broadway, so we're gonna have plenty. So, hello, and also, you know, last minute is not here, but it's gonna be also 190. Yeah, locksmith, no is too probably close from us. Gonna be next Tuesday, Bronx Beer Hall will probably be this weekend. So, just follow us, you know, on social media. And Caitlin, any, any other spots that will have the spear? The brewery, no, obviously. No. <laughs> so actually, it's a collaboration, but I can still go to Edinburgh and get the beer too. Yeah, it's on draft, and we have some cans. It's mostly going to be at the nine bars. Um, I know Joel had a few other people reach out to him, and I, it's only a 30-barrel batch, so mm. once you divide that nine ways, mm. plus to us, it's... I believe yeah. uh, Treadwell Park will have it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to reach out to Amber. Yeah, yeah. So Ambassador is a huge uh, you know, mentor and friend to me, so, so I wanted her to get the exclusivity and maybe like Carmine Street beers. And, and craft culture, like other POC bars and stuff like that. I want to just, last one last question for everybody. I mean, what I love about this group is that you guys are a, small, a lot of small, independent businesses. What does it mean to you as, as New York you know, industry people, the value of independent beer bars, the value of independent small businesses? I know some of you have a lot to say about it, so let's, let's finish up with that. Well, it's a huge risk, especially, you know, for all of us, I mean, usually these independent beer bars are not really funded by anybody with huge funds, so small capital to flip. And also, we invest a lot into our beer. Like, other POC bars in New York, they go with $40, $60 half barrels. We're going with 200 to $300 half barrels, which is an advocacy of how much we care about the liquid. And the, even for the people that do retail that are POC-owned, is having... People thou- of color. Yeah, people yeah. of color. Thousands and thousands of dollars in inventory on the shelves, in the fridge, on tap. So it's a big risk and more of a financial situation to invest in specialty independent craft beer than it is to... It's hard. I mean, you see, you see a lineup of even like 50 beers on a, on a, on a bottle list. That's a lot of inventory. 
you know, like that, we, we give a lot of respect to those people that drink those beer uh, in our community, especially the minority, when we spend a lot of money on tickle glass. Those glass does not as cheap. Those glass is expensive. So, like, we, we pull uh, automatic uh, technology glass um, to pour the right beer, and people experience the, the floral, you know, smelling and the flavor, you know, on those on those glasses. Glass is expensive. Right. So, I think yeah. uh, what also is important is that uh, there is even a black-owned business that's serving craft beer in Harlem, in Uptown, because it's something that's viewed as so taboo and kind yeah. of obscure in that community because we haven't been exposed to those flavors. Uh, well, we've been ex exposed to them, but through, you know, 40s, Old English, you know, Pilsner styles, lagers, things of that sort. But there's not, there's not as much as, um, there's not as much bars that you would expect that serve this style of beer or can introduce these new flavors to the community. So places like Harlem Hops and Bar 180 and Bar 177 Providing these things to to Uptown is, you know, in and of itself something that gives enlightens a community because you have you have you have flavors that we're all familiar with, which is what I've been you know saying from from the get that we can provide to the community. So it's us providing a a vibe with the space that we have and how we curate that space, but also providing flavor to the community. Yeah, I know uh, we at the Sampler, we spend a lot of time curating a, a beer menu that's not just full of all the hyped-up hyped beers that, you know, are available. Unfortunately, a lot of, like, uh, the beer culture is uh, hype, you know, culture. And uh, we spend our time going through inventory lists and really picking breweries and beers out that may not necessarily get the light of day in a lot of spaces. So it's important to support your uh, local beer shops and beer stores and try different breweries and different brands and give other breweries and brands a shot that you normally wouldn't. Let's keep talking, but someone pour us the Innerboro IPA. Too. Yeah, it's about also people forget a lot of that. We, we, we discussed that we were going to talk about these topics. So really quick um, before we go, um, the founding fathers of beer, I'm talking about Dogfish, Brooklyn, Sierra Nevada, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are being pigeonholed into being called shelfies, right? And, and it's so disrespectful that these breweries took risks 10, 20 years before anybody thought it was cool, right? And it came with distribution and the reps, most of the reps being from SKI and from Manhattan Beer and all these, you know, all these other distributors in New York being actual like people of color that are pushing beer to bodegas because, you know, they can communicate um, to, to, to stride. Like brands like Founders, regardless of what happened, they hired two Dominicans in New York who are following up. and So when you see brands in supermarkets and delis and bars and you're like, oh, that's a shelfie. No, that's a rep busting his ass trying to get his brand in every single corner. The more you see a brand is the more hard work that is being put in New York. And for especially coming from people that do not support any bars in New York, they get packages in their mail, is disrespectful to the people that take risks and buying inventory and tapping specialty craft beer and not being so supported yes trading is awesome please get beer from outside of new york get beer from around the world but also go to your bottle shop go to your local bar that sells beer to go and add that to the four pack that you're sending to joe and missouri because you are supporting joe and great notion <laughs> and trillium and treehouse and you're forgetting about all the vermont breweries that are in new york like lost nation and guess what's going to happen when they don't have enough ces to be successful they're going to pull out of the new york market guys they're not going to send good beer they're going to why you think Bissell is only sending three styles right now is because no one is, you have to support whatever comes into New York, the bottle shops and the bars that take the risk. Yes, trade. Yes, stand on lines, but also come to the bars and the stores that are taking the risk. I'll say, if it goes to a legitimate distributor and a retail shop, you know it's fresh and in good condition. Yeah, one thing we always try and do at Tap Room is, you know, try and support local, try and, you know, go through a lot of self-distributing people and... Uh, it's it's a task sometimes, you know. It's we have forty rotating draft lines and fifty bottles. It's a lot to keep track of, but uh, you know we try and do our best to make it happen. We're gonna have to wrap it up, but um, there's one last beer, Caitlin. What is this really good IPA? This is your All I Need Galaxy. Um, I brought this just because it's really good, and I think you guys should try it. Uh, we have a series of single hop double IPAs. And this is the Galaxy version. It's super tropical, lots of pineapple. 
It's delicious. I want to thank you guys once again. I'm I'm always been inspired by this crew that Joel and Matt put together of uh, independent beer bars. Congratulations, you guys all have the good beer seal, and you've been re- revived you. it and reinvigorated because you're community based, you're independent, and. Um, you guys really care about beer, so thank you. Also, shout out to everybody around the globe doing this. Um, uh, Black Brew Culture, um, Beer Culture with a K, um, Crown and Hops, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So many people of color all around. Shout out to Maritz in London. All around the globe are really trying to diversify beer, so shout out to everybody doing this. Great. So everybody, everyone just uh, say their name and where they're from, and we're going to sign out. I just wanted to say... Um uh, everything that we do is working because when you see a big company, we don't we don't want to mention the name, but you see this all longer. I bring a beer a beer collaboration with a big company. That, yeah, President Brew Point collaboration. That, yeah, like you know, like they copy of of our, our idea, and you know, and that's why we keep going. You know, like doesn't matter how, how people uh, spread themselves. Last comments? Anybody. All right. Wrap it up. Let's go around the room. Everybody say their name and where they're working. What's up? This is Alex from Harlem Hobbs, um, bartender and social media manager there. So come visit me. This is Joel Suarez, many jobs at the Sampler BK and Uptown Beer Society. This is Matt Negron, Uptown Beer Society and the Sampler BK. And the place in London? And Kill the Cat. Go check those guys out. London, UK. It's Mickey Alexander, the uh, buyer and bar manager for Taproom 307. Chris Maestro, founder and owner of Beerwax. He's the maestro. This is Papi Juan, um, manager of uh, Bar 177, operation on Bar 180. And a bar that's on the rise. Thank you, Juan, once again. And Caitlin LaLoupe from Interborough Spirits and Ales. Well, it's been another great show, you guys. It's August 2019. Thank you so much. Check it out. Not my prez. One. Dry hot pills. Thank you for joining us here on the Heritage Radio Network. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Beer Sessions Radio is powered by Simplecast. Simplecast is a popular hosting and analytics platform that allows podcasters to easily host and publish to apps like Apple Podcasts. If you have a podcast or are looking to create your very first, check it out. Try it for free and save half off your first three months at simplecast.com slash heritage. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter, Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.